Life's challenges, let's turn them into results with me, Diane Parkin. Hello there. Are the challenges in your life stopping you from being, having or doing what you want to do? Do you feel frustrated, perhaps unmotivated, overwhelmed? Or are you struggling with grief? We all have these challenges cross our path at some time in our lives, but you don't have to live there. If you're ready to bust through, but don't know how, then you've come to the right place and are warmly welcome in joining me as we work at busting through life's challenges. Hi everyone, and welcome to today's podcast with me, Diane Parker, on we're busting through life's challenges. And one of the difficult subjects that we're covering this month is suicide. And I've been joined today here by Victoria Gore. Thank you so much for coming along from Holistic Recovery Services. Would you like to share your, your journey and share how you've become an expert now in helping people with this very tricky subject? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, had suicidal thoughts myself um, from a very young age, about 12 or 13, and struggled with them for six or seven years, um, you know, every day thinking about it, um, making plans, writing suicide notes. Um, you know, it, it was pretty, pretty bad there for a little while. Uh, and also now um, my work, some of my work has been in um, addiction counseling and a good couple years were in uh, crisis counseling. Um, so, you know, when I'd get a call, I, I would get calls. Um, they uh, for people that are suicidal and needing uh, an evaluation um, and, and to help support them through that time. Even if, even if it didn't result in a mental health stay, um, still finding that support, uh, getting them through that crisis um, so they could, they could feel a little better for the day anyway. Yeah. One of the things that I've come across um, is that people say that they've generally been um, in a difficult space and then they feel happier again and then they go off and they they commit suicide is there anything that anybody can do or notice more because that's when after after these effects we go what can we have done more better or different to have helped somebody that was struggling yeah well I think it's important to never put that on yourself right um, if somebody chooses to commit suicide their pain is unbearable um, and and so that is their their you know brain feels like that's the option and and their thoughts lead to that um, and so it's it definitely not blaming yourself um, but you know just being there so if someone comes to you and and they say that they're not feeling great they're feeling suicidal or they've thought about it um, just being that listening ear and and being open to hearing what they have to say. A lot of times we can say, oh, don't think that way. <laughs> like our first reaction is to kind of shut that down. It feels really uncomfortable. We don't want to hear that people are thinking about that or they're considering it. Um, and so when we say that, we really close that door. Um, we really close the door for them to come to us if they are really thinking about it that night or that day, and and maybe that conversation could help them. Um, so so definitely being open to that conversation and being open to hearing what's going on, um, you know, and offering that support. Yeah, that's exactly the same sort of thing as I share when we're talking about grief. Yeah, 
you know, especially with the, with the coaching that I've done up to now, it's kind of like not keeping people stuck in their loop, get them out of it to help them <laughs> find a way forward. But when I came to do the grief coaching, it's about giving that space to just listen and yes. just give them that safe space to just open up without blaming, shaming or any judgment so that they can just say what's in their heart. And yeah. that's what you're talking about, isn't it? It's creating that same safe space. Absolutely. Creating that space for them to share, for them to share it out loud so that they're, they can get through those feelings, right? Because really it's a feeling of just despair. It's a feeling of being stuck, right? Being stuck between life doesn't feel good. It, it's not comfortable. I don't like it. I don't want to be alive and, and death and killing you know, yourself. And so for someone to think about that, um, you know, they're really stuck. And so having that time where they can talk about what's bothering them can help them move away from um, completing it or, or thinking about following through with that and making those plans. So it, it definitely can help. Yeah. And, and I think that that's another good point too, asking if, if you have a friend or family member that um, has either mentioned it before or, you know, you're kind of concerned, they're maybe withdrawing, um, you know, they're not, um, they're not kind of seeming themselves, um, asking, are you feeling suicidal? Do you have any thoughts that you, you know, be better off dead or, or that life is too much that you don't want to live anymore? Um, because bringing it up and asking about it does not increase the chances or likelihood of that person following through with it. Um, opening that door, uh, of course, will decrease that those chances, right? Because then they won't feel alone. They won't feel isolated. They won't feel like they can't talk to anyone. Um, so yeah, ask those questions. And you'll instantly open up that space for them to do that conversation with you, have it with you. That's, that's a really good tip that thank you for sharing that. So tell us a little bit then, how did you manage to shift your, yourself and your state of mind? So should anybody be listening that was thinking that way, what, did, what steps did you yourself take? Well, um, you know, the one thing that kept me going um, and kept me away from completing or, or trying um, was I had a goal. Uh, you know, I had something that I really enjoyed that I really wanted to experience in my life. And um, one of them was potentially um, getting married or having children. Of course, you know, at 13, you, you think about those things, but also having horses. I mean, horses were my, my place in my mind where this is beautiful, right? Horses are beautiful, majestic. With you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, thinking about, well, if I, if I committed suicide, I would never get the chance to have children or get married or have horses. Um, and so, you know, there were many, many years that that was the thought that saved it every time was, I want horses one day or I want kids one day. So yeah, just finding that thing that you don't want to give up, right? That goal or that thing that you're that you are looking forward to in your future, and you decide I'm not willing to give that up mm -hmm. if I kill myself. Not willing to do that. What exactly had put you in that state? Because that's a very young age, isn't it? Thirteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I think that there's a lot of different risk factors. There's a lot of different things that um, can can 
push someone towards these thoughts. Um, you know, childhood trauma, um, you know, having, uh, being isolated, not having support that you feel is, is helpful, um, losses. Um, so my, my mom, um, had left someone that I, I looked at as a father figure, uh, and I was never able to see him again, um, until way later. But so, so, you know, that loss, um, was, was another, um, risk and, and that's the case, um, for everyone, you know, even in adulthood, um, where if you have a loss and something major happens in your life, a major life-changing event right after is very high, is, is higher risk. And so, um, you know, if someone's already talked about it before and then something happens, reach out to that friend, <laughs> they're struggling. And so, um, you know, opening that door, are you doing okay? Yeah. And this is where we're coming back to people not understanding the emotion of grief yeah because yeah. it's about you grieve for any loss that you have yeah. whether it's a small one or, or a big one which is obvious everybody knows about the loss of a, a, a person that you love but you've just spoken there about so many losses and the, the feeling of overwhelm can come down and you just don't know how the heck to unpick it all especially at 13 that's a very um special age anyway because there's so many other changes going on in your life absolutely and, and then to have that separation as well that's oh my goodness and those sort of things can impact us very much so then for the rest of our lives even you know into adulthood knowing how to deal with grief really to me is such a big eye-opener and key mm -hmm. <laughs> since I've come to do this work because um yeah I mean the losses that I've had, I don't know if you've, you've caught up with me, but I basically, I lost, lost my husband and then a year later I lost my, my sister. And that's when I discovered the grief recovery method. And, and so in that we talk about guilt, okay? Because that is, is often what's used afterwards. You know, I feel guilty. I could have done something. I should have seen this, that, and the other. So is there anything around that that you can sort of elaborate on now to share and, and hopefully give people some insight as far as guilt being uh, a trigger for maybe suicidal thoughts or or kind of um the people that are left behind feeling guilty yeah yeah well you know i think it's normal for us to think about like what could i have done different like our brain is designed to think about how to prevent a situation that that Survival. is hurtful yeah mm -hmm. yeah Absolutely. So our, it's natural for our brain to think through situations and try to come up with a different thing that we could have done to try to change it. Uh, but I think that this is a, a situation where you have to recognize that someone's choice to commit suicide was not influenced by you, right? It, it was yeah. their like own internal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. That's so that one home to anybody that's listening. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. Struggling with this is an issue because I think that is it's so key, and it's kind of especially if you're a parent that's just lost a child to this, you know, and all those feelings of why didn't you come and talk with me? Why didn't you reach out? What well, then you start asking yourself, well, why didn't they? So keeping the path of communication and observation open, and helping create that space 
so mm -hmm. so people could just open up and talk to you about the way they're feeling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you're able to um, locus of control, I'm not sure if that's um, something that you've um, heard about or are familiar yeah. with, mm -hmm. but you know, internal locus of control means that we had control of a situation. Um, you know, that external is where someone else, right? It's it's in the world, it's someone else's um, that they had that control. And um, so when we can sit and say, I am not, I did not have control of this situation. I did not make that choice. I, there's nothing that I myself could do to change this outcome. We're able to better separate that guilt. You know, we can, because, because really when you're, when you're grieving, you're looking for answers, right? You want answers and, yeah. and, and, and so that's where the guilt starts coming into play because you're exploring all of these questions that come back to whether you had control. So if you can separate that and, and really focus on grieving with the loss itself and not going into this side um, thought of how can I, how could I have changed it? And you just stay with the the grief itself because it's tough being there we don't like being there it is uncomfortable uh and so we we kind of find ways to avoid it a little bit um but if we just sit with it yeah. and and avoid going into that that guilt thinking um or that what if thinking um it definitely helps um helps us get through it's it's it, you know dealing with grief, grief sorry <clears throat> and understanding it better can really empower people as opposed to, as you were saying before, shutting conversations down before they're actually able to speak it because you feel uncomfortable yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, when, for me, I was wanting steps to help me recover because I'm that sort of person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sick of being in this space. I don't like it one bit. Get me out of here. How do I do that? Um, so... But the, the amount of people, though, that are either end up for years and years stuck in this grief that they've been carrying, or if you want to have a conversation with somebody about it, to just listen, because that shutting down part you were talking about earlier, I mean, that is just typical of what people do when they're grieving full stop, never mind if they're going to talk about this difficult subject of, of somebody that's thinking about suicidal you know thoughts and tendencies so i think what you've shared with us today is so so valuable and i cannot thank you enough for that how do people get in touch with you if they want to find out more victoria yeah so my website is holisticrecoveryservices.org my phone number um, and email are, are on that website. I feel like it's a little easier to remember a website name than it is phone numbers and things like that these days. So, yeah. 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 Um, and so before we, we close up for today, is there anything else that you think that we would need to share that we haven't done so already? No, I guess, um, you know, thinking about 
um, the connection with uh, suicidal um, thoughts and, and intentions with um, substance abuse, you know, that's really um, coming from as a, as a therapist and, and a recovery coach, um, just connecting people, you know, a lot of times people will, are more likely to commit suicide if they're intoxicated, um, if they have been using or they're drunk. Um, so thinking about that, but also a lot of times people use to escape those thoughts. Um, so it's kind of a, it, it's in some ways um, using helps people deal with those thoughts. Um, my, I myself went through that where, you know, I went through a time where I was using um, because I didn't want to think about killing myself anymore. You know, I wanted to shut that part of my thoughts down. And so, um, you know, and, and it did get me through, it got me through some really difficult times where, you know, maybe I would have been more likely to follow through if I didn't have that unhealthy, granted it's unhealthy, um, but that way of coping, um, but there is that other side of it being more risky. So, um, you know, thinking about when we are expecting people to stop using their substance or their alcohol, um, we have to think about, you know, are, if they're suicidal, what does that mean for them? You know, if we're expecting them to stop using, don't use anymore starting tomorrow, where is that going to leave their mental health? And how is that going to leave them with their, their suicidal thoughts? Because yeah. sometimes that can be more dangerous, right? That can, yeah. yeah. In the grief recovery, we talk about STIRBS, which is short-term energy relieving behaviors, things that we do to make ourselves feel better. Mm -hmm. As opposed to sitting and deal with the pain. Uh, I myself was drinking a lot of red wine when my husband was dying and then for a few weeks afterwards. And you could easily see how that could have ended up being a bigger issue for me other than um, an incident I had that made me wake up instantly to realise mm -hmm. what it was I was doing and that it wasn't the answer for me. So mm -hmm. it's it's... Yeah, it's dealing again with the pain of loss or what the emotions were that were going on for you at that time, for sure. Could have easily, you know, if somebody, perhaps a coach or a counsellor would have been around you at the time to have taught you about that. Do you think it might have helped a little bit? Well, um, you know, I did see a therapist um, and granted, they they help in some ways, um, they're, they're, they definitely don't cure things, right? Um, it, it, that's definitely not um, how it works. But I think the important thing about having a therapist, uh, counselor, coach, anyone that you um, connect with and you reach out to for help, that you the relationship between you and that therapist or counselor is the most important thing. So if that, if you don't feel like they are helping you or you don't have that connection with that therapist, mm. um, look, be open-minded to talking to a different one um, because yeah. they're, you know, people are, are all different. Therapists are all different. And so, um, but that connection is really important. Um, and, and that can make the biggest difference is when you have that connection with your therapist, you're willing to open up, you're willing to talk about those things. And you're also willing to take in their advice or their, their help and, and the things that they're trying to support you with and, and that you're open to listening to that too. Um, 
So yeah, it's, it's definitely helpful as a therapist. Of course, I'm not going to say it's, you know, it's not helpful. Don't ever do it. Um, but it is very important to have that relationship and find the therapist that's going to work for you. Yeah. And I mean, if, if there's um, parents listening to this as well, that are worrying about their children of that age, um, it's understanding too, that some children don't understand the emotions that, be, that and the feelings and the words to put them into place, either at that age, to, to be mindful of that. They may act like they're little adults or whatever, but they haven't got the context of what they're saying often behind them to, to try and get that message through. Um, and I think definitely a professional therapist is, is key because they have the tools and skills to, to get open up that door basically, don't they? through art therapy or, um, I mean, we used to take kids from school that had been chucked out of school for these reasons because they just could, didn't know how to handle their emotions. And so we would just have, you know, go fishing with them and get them into a nice little relaxed state. And then they would open up and tell you what was going on for them. Absolutely. And, and you know, so if anybody is listening to this that's worrying, then please do reach out to somebody like Victoria or find yourself, um, your local therapist. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, and if anybody would like to get in touch with me, I'm Diane at resultscoachingiom.com or lifeafterlossiom.com. And I look forward to being with you all again very soon. Thanks again, Victoria. Thanks. If you would like to find out more about how to do some results coaching with me, Diane Parker, then go to www.lifeafterlossiom.com or you can email me at diane at lifeafterlossiom.com. Equally, you can telephone me on 07624-472-140. I'm here to support you and create a safe space for you to talk through what your challenges are and help you with that. Whether or not you'd like to just post a question to me via email or you would actually like to have an in-conversation with me, I'm here for you to do that. All you have to do is reach out. If not, tune in to the next episode and I look forward to spending some time with you. Bye now.